This is the Grouch and the Brainstorm. My name's Mike, and I'm an alcoholic. My sobriety date is June 21, 2011, for what that is worth. And this is episode two. And tonight, again, I have Matt. Say hi, Matt. Hey, Matt. There you go. <laughs> Always the jokester. And I have Jill. Hey, Say, guys. All right. Welcome, both of you. Um, so, you know, a lot of, a lot of feedback from the last episode, and... You know, the whole point of this is for the newcomer to hear it and keep it raw and keep it real so we can do that and still be tasteful and respectful. And that's what I like about this thing. Um, in episode one, a lot of uh, talk about that first meeting and the anxiety around that first meeting and kind of what led to that first meeting and all of those, the emotion, the, the pure raw emotion that went into getting us from point A to point B, which was... You know, it, to me, it required a little bit of willingness, um, willingness to stop losing all my stuff, you know, <laughs> willingness to be able to wake up at the right day and time, you know, and, you know, don't don't realize that till maybe a few years down the line. But um, a couple of things, whenever we go to these meetings, we hear the, uh, the terminology keep coming back. Mm-hmm. And obviously, have you ever heard it, any of y'all? absolutely okay well we heard it tonight we we have all just left a meeting not too long ago and we heard keep coming back and so we kept going back and that's a uh that's a testament to recovery and something that i feel is required of me anyway i can't speak for anyone else so in addition to keep coming back though what is some of the other things you hear a lot in the aa meetings man what you got Hmm. that's a good question um, I may have to think on that one. There's a bunch though, but mo- most of the old timers with me coming in, it was keep it simple. Okay. Just keep mm-hmm. it simple, you know. Um, I guess advice or whatever you want to call it. Uh, they just, hey, keep it simple. I, you know, we tend to overthink things a little bit, maybe a lot. I know I do, and uh, so yeah, just kind of reminded me, hey you don't drink today it's a win so anything else is gravy so that was probably the the one i heard the most how about you jill when i think about this i think about all those signs that are on the walls of aa that say like let go and let god keep it simple one day at a time those things yeah Mm -hmm. okay well when i think about that first meeting and some of the things that i heard now granted you're going to hear how it works or more about alcoholism preamble those things they just stick in your head over the course of time but you hear the words get a sponsor and i heard those words and you know first things first what is a sponsor you know is (laughs) i just i don't i me personally did not like the idea of getting a sponsor right i didn't like the idea of to be honest with you, I don't like talking to people on the phone. You know, when text message came out, you know, as a as an acceptable form of communication, I was just I was ecstatic. I, now I can talk to people. You know, I mean, right. it makes it a little harder to hang up on them. You know, but right. when text messages came out, I was very ecstatic. So I'm hearing what's a sponsor, and I'm hearing people say you need one. You know, don't even ask, just get one. You know, so what thought process goes into even getting a sponsor? Because this is really for me the second thing I had to become willing to do would be get a sponsor. And I, <laughs> I got a sponsor for a couple of reasons. Number one, I was suspended from work after my sixth trip to the uh, bed and breakfast over there, and. <laughs> I wasn't quite sure if someone was following up on me because that, you know, are they following, are they making sure I get a sponsor, I really need a sponsor, uh, those kind of things. And then my, um, actually my ex-wife, you know, I would talk to her after about a week and she would say, well, do you have a sponsor yet? No, but I'm talking to this guy, (laughs) you know, I'm talking to this guy and, you know, I'm thinking about it. No one, I wasn't actually talking to this guy. In my head I was, you know. And, of course, I can see the future, and, and I'm headed, you know, this is, this is exactly how this is going to go down. You know, I'm going to pull this guy out to the side after the meeting, and I'm going to say, uh, hey, will you be my sponsor? And because I can see the future, this cat's going to go, yes, I'll be your sponsor. You know, and it's like, he went to Jared. He said yes, you know. And didn't roll out quite like that, you know. 
So uh, that's the thought process of actually talking to another man every day about whatever was not really something that appealed to me, but I knew I had to have one. So, you know, Jill, what about you? Let me ask you a question here. What went through your mind when you heard the words, you need a sponsor? Um, no, thanks. <laughs> I'm not going to lie, man. That's not exactly where I saw myself as a grown adult having to ask, uh, you know, guidance. Um, I, I still felt like I knew a few things. Um, in hindsight, um, well, I didn't know much. Um, you know, in treatment, they got us to find a, a sponsor, like someone that's been in treatment a little bit longer than us. So that was kind of easy for me because I was able to be like, hey, can you be my like temporary whatever sponsor? And then um, when leaving treatment, we had to find, I mean, before leaving treatment, we had to find a sponsor. Um, so I had some practice doing that with, with some people. Um, but yeah, it, it, um, those two were not bad because I felt like they were my peers. Um, so that was pretty easy for me. But I guess I really didn't know at that time what sponsorship meant and what all that entailed. Because uh, I was still foggy-headed and I was still like, is this what I'm going to do with the rest of my life? Yeah. I, I mean, I didn't know what the 12 steps meant. And I was still incredibly scared. How about uh, how long did it take you to get a sponsor? Oh, I got one immediately. Um, now my first, uh, the first sponsor that I got, um, I just thought she was like really cool. Um, and I, I, we went through the steps in like 30 minutes in a car ride. And, um, I, I didn't think that was, she was really cool. <laughs> <laughs> that's a great sponsor, man. 30 whole minutes. Yeah. And I remember thinking, well, that's really weird. I don't think this is how that's supposed <laughs> to go. So we didn't last long. I wanted something more and, and then I found Marla, my first long-term sponsor. I think I had her for about six years. And, and like I said, uh, last episode, she, she passed a couple of years ago. And she was amazing. But that first interaction, are we going there? We're yeah. Going, oh, okay, we're going there. Yeah, we're okay. going there. And so, um, <clears throat> to me, at that point in my life, I was completely socially inept. I mean, in the biggest way. Yes. I could not talk to people. I had a problem speaking because I got stripped of my Xanax. Hell, <clears throat> I was on that oh, shit yeah. forever. I so could, you were basically a public speaker prior to getting off of Xanax. <laughs> <laughs> no, I would always black out and forget everything. So you were probably matter. a public speaker. <laughs> so this is the deal. Like, I was so embarrassed and I felt so weird and I knew someone told me she was a minister and they also told me she was a counselor. And that, that's what I thought to myself. I need someone that really knows their stuff, you know, that can like heal me in every kind of way possible. And um, I decided I wanted her because like not only did she have all these like qualifications that I thought I needed for a sponsor, but I wanted what she had. And uh, I'll never forget asking her in the parking lot um, of a meeting. I couldn't even look her in the eye. <laughs> I had my whole like body turned. I, I just couldn't. I felt like I was 12 years old and I was a little boy and I was asking some girl to go with oh, me yeah. to the movies. It, sure. it was the most <laughs> horrifying thing I have ever done. Very humbling. I just, I thought I was going to be immediately rejected for some reason, but she was just thrilled. And uh, therefore I, I had a sponsor and um, yeah, that was my, my sponsor story. Yeah. I like that. Did you call her every day? No. <laughs> Once again, I knew everything. <laughs> um, no, I sure didn't. And um, you know, I struggled I struggled pretty hard. Like I said, I, I kind of tested boundaries quite a bit when it came to all of these things. And she let me find my bottom. She let me find it, you know, like, I, you know, while I'm sober and being miserable. And she made me work through it, and which was awesome. Um, I needed that. And so let me ask you, in your opinion, do you feel like the sponsor sponsee relationship 
if you were to suggest to someone anything, do you feel like it? there's nothing to be afraid of? Like if you have... If you have a brand newcomer coming in and they're like, hey, Jill, I really don't want to get a sponsor. I don't like this. Would you tell them, hey, it's nothing to be afraid of? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, You know, and tell them, like, these guys want to help you. That's what we're here for. And I think where we go, it's so cool that they don't do most places. We ask people that are willing to raise their hands. It takes a lot of the – because I guess you could get – rejected if somebody really wasn't able to sponsor you could face that a little more if you didn't kind of already know hey these people are available to do that you mm-hmm. know so right. and most places don't do that so yeah um, well that that's how i got my first sponsor they ask anyone are they will you know are you willing to raise your hand i'm not willing to raise your hand i'm not be willing to raise my hand anytime <laughs> i don't even know what you're passing out i'll raise my hand i'm, I'm a doer but no, they asked people, "Are you willing to be a sponsor?" Raise your hand, and I, I looked around the room and and seen a, a guy that I felt like I could probably intimidate, and he raised his hand, and that that would be my, you know my first sponsor. And of course, he passed as well. So I think before you ever got there, Matt, you never got the chance to meet him. Um, great guy. Who was it? His name was Dale. Dale yeah. H. And he was just an all around uh, a very gentle soul. Until you got him on the golf course, and you know, kind of like you guys <clears throat> in the fishing. When you, once you got Dale on can, the golf course, I can uh, I can relate. He was a uh, so. he uh well, I mean, he was still a kind and gentle soul. He just you know he really had a passion for golf, and kind of like you guys with your you know with your external outdoor sports. So mm-hmm. so when you heard you had to get a sponsor, and you probably heard inside of a treatment center. Do you hear that there? Absolutely. Um, so I didn't I, – I hear people's stories, you know, and I guess not that mine's unusual. I know a lot of people probably have done it the way I've done it. But there was no recovery looking into it beforehand. There was no thinking about it. Like, I didn't know anything about Alcoholics Anonymous, about sponsors, about rehab for that matter. I mean, and I it happened basically overnight, and I wound up in a detox center on a hospital floor and um so it was all new to me i you mean were my deep first in mississippi right i was on in meridian when i went to yeah. detox it's yeah. where they put them on the floor forgot about that and they uh, yeah we had we had the first meeting i ever went to was on the detox floor so in detox um and yeah it kind of progressed from there but i get to treatment and i'm sitting in here with all these guys and they're doing their devotional and stuff and they're all quoting all this stuff out of the big book and i'm like how many times have you been in here and they're like oh like nine and i'm like oh i was like oh my god how do you do that like you know and uh they they just you know i I was like i don't have a clue about any of this stuff but um thankfully the lady who was my therapist um kind of walked me through that and she said you know you you don't need to go real far and we need to find a sponsor like you do. It doesn't matter who it is. Somebody needs to keep an eye on you, basically. And Handler. I, and, and I agreed. I mean, I, I at that point, um, but when I left treatment, I had a little over 90 days, and that's the most I'd had since I was about 13 years old, So, and I was 38. So something was working, even if I was locked up in a building, and um, that usually didn't stop me in the, in the past before then. But uh, I did. I went. Went, uh, of course, we relocated here and came to the Koala Club, first meeting uh, out of treatment and second meeting out of treatment. Uh, Bobby, who's my sponsor, raised his hand both meetings. I was kind of sitting by him, and I listened a little bit to him, but just kind of enough to go, you know, he's not like a wanted criminal or something, you know, just not a something weird. And so I asked him the second meeting I was at, and uh, – he had a real self-depreciating way of talking. I don't want to share details unless I know he doesn't mind me doing that, and I may ask him. I, I don't think he will, but I'm not going to do that. But, Absolutely. But the way he approached the subject was, uh, big picture, we're all in the same boat here. We've all messed up, and I really like that. and kind of put me at ease because it was. It was like walking up and asking 
a girl out on a date, you know, almost. And, Most and awkward. But you're thing. not drunk or high, so, <laughs> you know, and on top of that, a lot of anxiety and, and um, yeah, so it was very nerve-wracking, you know, and Bobby was, it really couldn't have went any better. Like, I just felt so good when I left, and I was like, I did it. Of course, I didn't know what a sponsor was. I'm just like, hey, will you sponsor me? Don't know what that is, but mm-hmm. are you willing to do it? And right. he did. And um, so, yeah, it was a great relief of doing it. And it and it goes back to willingness. You know, you like I've this program. What I've learned is doing the uncomfortable stuff. I used to use something when I was in uncomfortable situations, and now like I really grow. Every little uncomfortable situation that I put myself in that's out of my comfort zone let's call it that that's when i really grow and i notice a lot of growth so even even asking a sponsor two days out of treatment most people will be like it's not a big deal it was a big deal at the time for me you know and and he's still my sponsor and and uh we do fish and he is a better fisherman than me i'm going to say that real loud in the mic so he'll hear that and leave me alone but uh do you call him every day we talk pretty regular yeah um not every day but we talk two or three times a week try to fish every sunday um as much as we can and we we have pretty good we you know he's been my sponsor the whole way and um that's one of those guys doing for me what i couldn't do for myself you know i mean who who strolls in from another state and gets a great sponsor like that and uh yeah and and he's been he's been with me through a lot of stuff you know and i'm glad that i have uh, that with somebody that when I call and I had a situation going through a divorce that it was really rough and I called him one day and I said I need you and he's got a big boy job and he's got a lot going on and I said do you have time to meet with me and he said Matt I always have time for you yeah. and I said okay and uh, 30 minutes later we were meeting and talking and uh, it, it means a lot to me you know so one of the qualities I have seen in any sponsor I've ever had and I've had four, um, mo- ma- mostly because of moves, you know, moving back and forth across the state. But one of the qualities I've ever I, I have seen, and it passed on to me, is if I need my sponsor for some reason, he's there. He is there for me. There may be other things that he just doesn't commit to, or go to, or do, or say, "Hey, you know, I'm going to drop what I got to do and go fishing this weekend." But man, if it comes to me. He seems to stop and whatever it is that I need, you know, and over the years, those things get less and less and, you know, because the less stuff that I cause, but he is the qualities in all of these gentlemen are like that. And, you know, my sponsor down in New Orleans went through a major tragedy. I mean, a major, I mean, not, I'm not going to talk about it on the air, but it was something that, you know, I, I don't know how I would handle it. You know, I would love to think I could handle it in the, the stoic way he handled it but to be honest with you he was there for me even during this major tragedy so um do you remember and i i do this quite often but do you remember the first time you ever had that initial sit down with your sponsor mm-hmm. uh you mean stepwise or asking him no after asking him just that first initial sit down you know and no yes. details needed you know but what what happened there vaguely uh, of course, he's very. I think what's been good for me too is he's very organized. I'm always a hot mess my whole life. You know, I'm kind of fly by the seat of my pants. He's very organized. I mean, he shows up. Here's what I got: paperwork. We sit down and eat. This is what you're going to do. And I think I had some wisdom. Like I read the twelve steps in the lunchroom at rehab, and I was like, did them in my mind. And I was like, we don't have to do that part because I already did it. And he's like, where? And I was like, oh, in the lunchroom, man, by myself. <laughs> You know, I did them with myself. Even the men's and stuff, I just did them in my head. They're done, you know. And he kind of looked at me for a little while, and he's like, well, do you have any paperwork on that? That's what he said. And I was like, mm-hmm, no, it's just me in my head, you know. <laughs> yeah. And uh, he goes, uh, well, let's, uh, let's start over, and let's do that with some paperwork, you know, if you don't mind, if, you know. And uh, I said, well, if you think it'll help, you know. So, so yeah, we started from there, and um, – you know, and it's funny, like, growing with with him, now I don't call him about sobriety stuff as much, but we talk about all kind of stuff, but it's, it's some of it is, maybe 20% of it, 
but like I called him today, but it was about a sponsee and me trying to figure out how to deal with the situation with that. And he gave me the opposite advice of what I would normally do, which is what a sponsor usually does, because um, I had a different inclination on that. But today, that's kind of where we are, you know. And, and we do we do a lot of other stuff other than just the program, you know. So. Okay. So your relationship with them now is pretty good. Huh? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Jill, how about do you remember your initial sit down with them, like when you guys just kind of were going to sit down and you know after the ask you know so how about this the first date do you remember <laughs> that first date ours was at no teenies i remember that it was at no y'all literally went and on he that paid date. for it yeah. <laughs> he paid for it. mine was with a bottle of water at the koala club <laughs> cheap date um sorry um no i don't i don't recall to be honest with you okay no that's that's perfectly okay so do, do you have a good relationship with your sponsor now I have a great relationship with her. Um, she's amazing. I've had her for the past five years, and uh, she sponsors a lot of women. And uh, we all have a is a sisterhood. We have a thread of Texas going all the time. We take trips together. We go to the lake together. We do a lot of things together. And um, I love those. I love every one of those women. I need to join Jill's sisterhood. <laughs> We're not allowed, dude. <laughs> Me and Joe talk <laughs> at the end of a meeting ever so often. No, that uh, I think that the sponsor tree, you mm-hmm. know, which is, is probably going a little bit beyond the scope of, of what we're doing today. But the sponsor tree is so very, to me, it's just healthy and important to my recovery. You know, obviously I can't speak to anyone else, you know. But it's very healthy to my recovery. And... What I find interesting about the sponsorship, the whole sponsorship thing, is, you know, we we go by the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous, and we don't do really other things. We do go, you know, the 12 and 12 is another piece of literature that we read. Uh, but in the big book, the actual big book, the first book that was published, they don't mention getting a sponsor anywhere in there. there it doesn't say get a sponsor in, in any of the first 164 pages. It teaches people how to be a sponsor, hmm. but in that first 164 pages, it doesn't say get a sponsor. Now, in working with others, it does talk about you and the new man must, you know, take this spiritual journey. Basically, I'm, I'm paraphrasing bad here, um, probably because I'm recording, but it says you and the new man must take this journey day by day. And, you know, that is really the only inkling that I have found in there that, that even resembles, you know, getting a sponsor. But... I think that maybe when we get to the 12 and 12, it does talk about, you know, your sponsor may say this. It actually uses the word sponsor in in the 12 and 12. And so getting a sponsor has been pivotal, 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 whatever. (laughs) It's been pretty important in in my life. And, And not in just name only, but I have actually become friends with these folks. So, you know, how much do you depend on your sponsor now? Jill, do you do you still depend on your sponsor pretty heavily? Not heavily, um, but we do stay in good contact. Um, like I said, we meet for lunch. You know, the, all of us will meet for lunch. Um, you know, if I get frustrated about something and I can't figure it out on my own, I'm calling my sponsor. Um, sometimes I just need someone to uh, just to talk to, just to say it. I know what I need to do. I know I need to get whatever out of my head, and then we both laugh. You know, and so um, we went to the steps a couple of years ago. But, yeah, it, we st- we definitely stay in contact and, and make sure we do as much as we can. Okay. How about you? Yeah, definitely. I've, I, I depends a funny word because, for me, with, with this recovery. It is a funny word. It's also, you know, underpants for older folks. And they make them clean now. I don't know if you've seen the new guys ones, but they're. Fancy. Pretty sharp. They are you know, colored and got, stuff. And they got the little break in the sides yeah, come up yeah. to the top of the hip. So when you're wearing coveralls. And, uh, you know, not going to get too far into how <laughs> I know that. But, uh, well, I was just wondering if you'd been going to my closet while I was just. <laughs> but depending on him, yes, but not in the way I depended on him five years ago. Right. And uh, I, I'm more like Jill now when I have, you know, he's been great in business. 
um, just to bounce things off of, handling situations that I'm not real sure about business-wise or relationship kid-wise. Uh, you know, I have older kids too, and, you know, we've had, we've dealt with a few things o- over the years on that, and he's been he's always been spot on with that stuff. And uh, most of the time it's the opposite. When I ask him, it's the opposite of what my natural instinct is to do. I would say 85% of the time, but I have noticed as the years have gone on, my natural inclination is more like what he would recommend. So it Mm -hmm. is wearing off a little, but I do. I mean, even things bother me. Um, I don't hesitate, you know, and we, we do. And we fish, we fish a lot together. And most of the time we just talk about fishing. We don't even talk about sobriety that much. And it may come up sometimes or something or, uh, he'll ask me about somebody that we we all know each other, and somebody hadn't been around. I say, "Hey, have you heard from this guy?" But that's about it. We don't we don't get too wild with it. It's mostly fishing. So, has your sponsors, either one of you, has your sponsors ever told you to do something that you just really didn't want to do? Absolutely. Yeah. So so mine's real good on resentments. Resentments. He he. You know, which is which is a big deal with us. Going through divorce, going through some stuff where, you know. You Here's can, the number one offender. That's what I heard. <laughs> that's what I heard. It's the poll out right now. Uh, but, yeah, it. so going through that kind of stuff, he he loves to, he gives me rocks. So I have to pray, put this rock in my pocket, you know, whatever that resentment might be with that person and represent that person. I know you guys know this, but I'm going to repeat it for if somebody doesn't. And then I put it in my pocket, and every day when I put my money in my pocket, I put that rock in there, and I pray for that person. At night when I take it out, I pray again, and I do it for two weeks, and I throw the rock away. And for the most part, that helps. You know, sometimes I've kept a rock a little while longer. It's took a little while. but Two weeks is about your average on a two rock. Weeks, two, by two weeks, I'm usually over it. It's amazing how we can sit here years later and uh, – but the rock means a whole nother thing, you know. A rock never lasted two weeks back in the no, day. No, no. You know, and I absolutely hate doing that. Like, I don't want to pray for somebody to for them for all their dreams to come true. You know, I want to pray for them to get tore up by pit bulls or you right. know something bad, like an alligator eat them or something. Definitely you know? not natural. Yeah, and that's prayer to me. I mean, that is praying technically, you know, but. He's specific with it, and I can't pray for that stuff either. So, you so, get pretty brutal. I mean, I'm an alcoholic. Well, I, can I mean, get creative, the, you know. Yeah, it is very creative. He the said, "Pray of a, of but a it, magical pit bull." He period. knows me by this point that if he just says pray about it, I'm going to pray. But you know, it may not be what he's wanting me to pray about. So he's he's a smart guy. My sponsor, he is. He is a smart guy. <laughs> How about you? Any anything? <laughs> yes. This, uh, it actually just really cracks me up to think about it. Um, uh, and this was definitely an early sobriety, and we had uh, gone to Monroe for a meeting. I, I guess I met her or something, but I do recall being in a meeting. She said, now, I want you to go and get five women's numbers. Oh, man. <laughs> and I was like, okay. <laughs> guess how many numbers I came out with? I'm going to guess about 100. You? Three. None. Oh, I knew it was low. That okay. is weird. Oh my gosh, you're only sobriety? I don't know you, nor do I want your number. You wouldn't, so you didn't make the effort to go get them. I, mm-hmm. <laughs> I just could not do it at that point. Yeah. As I said, I was socially inept and I had a really, do you hear all these justifications? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. We're listening. I mean, it, it turned out well. In the long run. I knew it was three or two or something. <laughs> I, was, I was trying to give you a little credit. I still wasn't okay talking to people, and I didn't do it. Um, and I pretended like I did. Um, yep. That about it as far as um, the things that they've asked you to do. That you, so I, got, I have a story about this, and uh, and I'm, I'm not going to mention any other names. Try to stay away from names. If there is someone that wants to hear their name, just say something, and I'll I'll find some some way to work your name into this thing. Because you know the people in 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 my life, in my recovery life, really are the only people in my life, no matter what. Um, I have my my of course my my family, you know, which is my family, and then I have my AA family, which you know, 
I'm closer to them as far as physically than I am my actual family, except for my son who shares the recovery experience with me. But so I asked this guy to be my sponsor, and you know, and again, I have that that I can tell the future, and I'm just picturing him say yes, you know, and he's just ready to work with this sick guy, and um, and he says. Let's see how this works. I'll be your temporary sponsor. And I remember thinking, yeah, they didn't mention a temporary sponsor in any of the uh, stuff that, you know, back at the bed and breakfast that I was in. They didn't mention any of this thing about temporary sponsors. So it kind of threw me for a loop. I don't know what in the heck this guy's talking about. Well, about three minutes later, uh, this, this guy that's a few years down the line from me, and this guy that I asked to sponsor, he comes out of the restroom, and um, you know, and he's wiping his hands and everything. And and my my new temporary sponsor says, "Hey, I want you to meet this guy." And you know, and I shook his hand, and you know, hi, I'm Mike. And he told me who he was, and he said, "Now, if this works out, this is going to be your grand sponsor." And that really got me scratching my head. So now I've heard two terms: grand sponsor and temporary sponsor that I've never heard before. And I'm thinking, okay, you know, nice to meet you. You know, sure hope this thing works out so we can be relatives, you know. <laughs> and in my head, I'm just like halfway dying for the simple fact that I can't believe I did this. You know, I can't wait to get out to the car and uh, call somebody, I don't know who, you know, and say, hey, I got a sponsor, you know. But now I got to tell them I got a temporary sponsor because I'm, you know, I don't even know what I did wrong. You know, that's like, well, think about it. We go back to the asking a girl out to the movies or a dance, and you say, "Hey, will you go to the dance with me?" Ah, temporarily, this thing works out. I may show up. And it's funny you said that because that's what Bobby told me. He goes, "We're going to try each other out." But you know, he explained it to me, and what I what put me at ease was he's like, "This is your deal." You know, like if I'm not doing what you need me to do, you need to find somebody that will, and vice versa. You do a few things I ask you to do. And we're we're good, but it was temporary. You know, it started mm-hmm. off temporary. So I may still be temporary. He never told me I was off, so I may still be. Probably am. My buddy uh, down in New Orleans that was my sponsor. He he says in his story, you know, he asked a guy to be his sponsor, and the guy said yes, and he's been his yes. I'll be your temporary sponsor, and he's been his temporary sponsor for fifteen <laughs> years. You know, so but that just dawned on me. So yeah, this guy, this fellow, this grand sponsor that comes out of the restroom, right, and he's uh washing his hands so a few weeks later i'm driving home from work and at the time i had you know i had a really oddball schedule nothing like i have now and i passed by a local grocery store and i'm like hey i'm gonna run in here and grab a pizza because you know besides my normal everyday diet pizza seems to be what i do for fun and so i run in there and i grab a pizza well on the way on the way out this fella that i've very rare don't know very well you know this grand sponsor he's outside of this particular grocery store passing out tootsie rolls he's passing out tootsie rolls for some organization i don't know what it was it was something he's involved in well my first thought went to eventually i'm gonna have to be out here passing out tootsie, <laughs> tootsie roll guy yeah <laughs> And I go get in my car, and I don't even crank it, man. I'm like, what you're going to inherit from your grandparents there? And I'm like, you know, I said I got to go to any length to get it. And this is, am I going to have to pass out Tootsie Rolls in front of this this concern I used to work for? Right, literally. I know that's straight out of the big book, but that the thought crossed my mind. I never ask any questions. Of course, I was scared if I ask a question, I was going to get voluntold. You know, hey. Your first assignment is to go stand here. Well, that that didn't work out. I didn't realize, you know, he was doing something for a completely new organization. Nor did I realize that after a certain amount of time in recovery, we get to give back. Absolutely. We get to give back, you know. And I remember Dale saying, you know, hey, can we meet here every Saturday at the Koala Club? Can we meet here every Saturday at 9 a.m.? And... My head said, I really need to check my schedule. You know, like I had this brutal, you know, grueling schedule. And, but my, my, my mouth said, yes, we can meet here every Saturday morning. And in my initial meeting, what we did was basically laid out 
the program, the spiritual program of action without using all those words. You know, it's like, hey, this is what we're going to do. We're going to sit and we're going to read this book. And when it says read, we read. When, it say, or when, it, when we read, we read. When we write, we write. When we pray, we pray. And we're going to go through this book together. And, you know, and, and I don't even know if we did any reading that first initial day. But, you know, and to be able to even do that for me was just something like, why is this guy doing this for me? It, it doesn't make a whole lot of sense. Yeah. Why, you know, here I am, and you still have that, that feeling of uselessness, that, that great feeling of self-pity. Why in the world is someone doing this? What is he getting out of it? You know, it's got to be, you know, something. And, you know, turns out that uh, there never was. And, and he even told me one day, and I know we hear this a lot from people who talk about their sponsors, but he even told me one day, he said, uh, you know, all I ask is that when you get this thing, you just continue to pass it on to other people. And, you know, and that, that is not, because he told me that is not why I do it. You know, I do it because I have to stay sober. Sure. No matter how many years down the line that I have picked up in recovery i've never forgot that first initial you know my, that first initial feeling that i had of you know i don't know how to stay sober but i'm going to actually let somebody tell me how to stay sober yeah. other than a nurse or a, someone at a uh at a uh center so that was uh you know go ahead Jill. well i wanted to before you know you kind of wrap that up and went on to the next question um you know, there, I think something very, very important that I did not do that my sponsor asked me to do. And that was, um, actually sponsor. Um, that is awesome because we are going to have a great segue into the next question. Okay. Please continue. Okay. I shall, um, continue. Um, I mean, I think, uh, it was about a year and a half when I finally finished the steps. I uh, kind of procrastinated. If you have heard anything in this podcast thus far, you know, I kind of fought things a little bit and, um, you know, struggled a bit in early recovery because I just wasn't sold on this and I didn't want this to be my life. But, I mean, thank God I did at some point. But anyway, I'd gone through the steps and she was like, well, it's time for you to get a sponsee. And I was like, I I can't help anybody, you know, and I was one of those people. I was, I mean, like self-pity is what fueled my alcoholism and, and, and drug addiction and all of that. And, and my thought, I can't even help myself. I can't help somebody else. I still thought I was too far gone and that I was a complete loser. And, um, I was like, I can't do it, you know? I just didn't feel together or put together or smart at that point. And so um, I didn't do it. Um, and I want to say it was around year three, you know, she finally was like, you are going to die if you don't, you know, get a sponsee. And, um, and I said, yeah, okay. And I finally got one and that was a whole nother struggle. Um, but you know, it took me getting really weird in recovery to finally like help someone. And let me tell you, um, I said yes. And I did take her through the steps. And it's the most beautiful thing that's happened to me in recovery is watch someone else that I helped complete the steps and have their own spiritual awakening. And I think that is exactly when I was like, I'm in. Yeah. It was, I was having a spiritual awakening as a result of her having one. And for the first time in my life, I felt like I may can help someone. Yeah. And, um, and it, and it built esteem and things I did not have at that moment. It was, it was beautiful. It was miraculous for me. Yeah. Yeah, I have to agree. I have to agree. That is, you know, it says in the big book, you know, it talks about it. This is an experience you do not want to miss. And and nobody, you know, walk out there. If someone out there, a regular person, don't even have a drinking problem, right? And, you know, you run into them at a gas station or something. And this is not something that they'll experience. This is something Absolutely. that only we can experience. So, you know, do you sponsor Matt? Mm-hmm. <laughs> do you sponsor Matt? <laughs> well, yeah, I did that for a long time. It didn't work out good. <laughs> it's a whole other show. Uh, but uh, um, I was kind of like you, though. That's it, funny you brought that up because Bobby's like, hey, raise your hand at the meetings. I was like, man, are you crazy? Like, I'm not doing that. 
you know, I'm just not. I think that's the only thing. I was just like, I'm not, I don't want to do that. And I was like, I'm jacked up enough. I don't need to dump my stuff on somebody else. And believe it or not, during COVID, when the, the, the building shut down and all that stuff, go through divorce, go through COVID, working a lot, people weren't working and we were overworked and it was really bad for about a year and not going to meetings. So when I came back, that was, I was like, I got to kind of get back in this and started raising my hand a little bit. And then I would get, and this is just the awesomeness of this program. But I remember like we go to treatment centers, do meetings and you, you can believe me, it's just constantly people, man, sponsor me, sponsor me. Guys would get out, wouldn't go very far, never hear from them again. Yeah. And I remember walking outside with Joe B one day, and I said, man, like, I'm, I suck. You know, like, like you know, nothing here. I mean, I can't get a week with a guy, you know, the one call maybe, you know. And, and Joe Joe turned and he looked at me and he goes, man, the first the first one I first started sponsoring, he said the first five guys I had all went out and went right back to drinking. And I called my sponsor and I said, man, I'm terrible. I'm the worst sponsor ever. Mm -hmm. And he goes, Joe, did you drink today? And Joe goes, no. He goes, well, then keep doing what you're doing. Mm -hmm. And I went, okay. And that wisdom of just calm down a little bit, you know. And and um, I, and I don't – I like that my heart's not in it. You know what I mean? I like the fact that it's like, hey, if you do what I did, it's very it's very cut and dry. And um, I have the same stuff from my sponsor that I did. That's what my sponsees do. And I can pull mine out and show them this is the same piece of paper. And everything that I ask them to do, I did and still do. So there's nothing there. There's no false stuff. And when I think with sponsees, you know, I, I know we all get a little hard-headed and they say, well, I don't think I need this or that. And I go, you may need to find somebody else then because this is what I did and it's the only way I know to do it. So. Right. Uh, that co-signing thing, I'm not too big on that. So, how many do you sponsor? How many people? I got four right now. Okay. So, Gil, I have four. Oh, mm -hmm. it's crazy. Yeah, it is. And and, and I talk to uh, a lot of mine. Oh, uh, I, I would say on a daily basis, but I kind of picked up this practice with them as I do with uh, with my first sponsor. My first sponsor was an everyday guy. He came every day, and. So I wouldn't call him, which my callophobia, whatever it is, you know, I wouldn't call him, but I would see him every day. And it was a very simple, how was your day? He would shake my hand, you know, and, and then if there was something going on, we would sit and talk. And then towards the end of his life, you know, we would have regular conversations after the meeting um, and, you know, just discuss whatever it was. It could be, are we going to go golfing Saturday or you got anything pressing going on? Here's what's going on with me. He would, he would share some of the stuff that was going on with him. And, um, man, I just the, – the importance of a sponsor and what we do, for me anyway, is just been – it's just been phenomenal. And I, I don't know how many guys I sponsor. I probably should have, have uh, you know, done a little tally before I sat down here. But I, I definitely don't want to leave anyone out. But – you know, I have a, I have my own sponsor story. I, have, I, for some reason, God has blessed me with these amazing stories in AA, or maybe it's just the fact I can remember them, and a lot of people can't, right? <laughs> um, but I had a, uh, my daughter tells me, I was, I was in, uh, down in, down in South Louisiana, and I, I'd moved down there, and I hadn't been down there very long, and I took a service position. She doesn't understand what service positions mean. Um, you know, the highest position we're ever going to have in AA is a service position. Absolutely. It, that of a sure. servant. And, and I like to live my life like that. The highest position I'll ever have in life is that of a servant. And, and that's okay, you know. But I took a service position, and I called my daughter one night on the way home, and I talked to her, and she said, no matter where you go, you've just got to be important, don't you? <laughs> well, I thought about it, and she's right. You know, she was right. At some some point or another, you know, the old ego creeps back up. And, sure. You know, and of course, I gave her the spill. I just gave y'all, oh, honey, the highest position you'll ever get is a service position. You know, and inside, I was thinking that kid just called me out again. <laughs> She's been doing it her whole life. Um, but anyway, so my year came up, and I, I couldn't sponsor anybody for years. What my sponsor told me, I didn't question it. Didn't, 
you know, and I had the whole fear of just like anyone else, you know, what am I going to be able to do? I'm not that good, you know, and, and all we did was read out of a book and go through the 12 steps and just talk. And that was it, really. Um, and become really good friends. And I think at this point, I feel like I might be capable of becoming a really good friend. But I also had that overwhelming desire to be important. I want to be like this guy over here and that guy over there. And they've all got sponsees and they talk about their sponsees. I want one. And so I think it was my very first anniversary, like my one year today, that day. And, you know, <laughs> I just, the whole meeting, I wasn't even itching for anything other than to raise my hand, you know, whenever they, can anybody sponsor? Yeah, me, you know. And uh, so the, the meeting came to an end. Of course, I raised my hand, probably a little too enthusiastically. You know, I think most people just raise their hand. They don't shake it over their head <laughs> or both hands. Um, but, um, and not expecting anything. Really, I just want everybody to see me, you know. This right. guy can sponsor people now, you know, how important He's a is. badass. Yeah. Whoa. <laughs> Um, he's, he's a sober slinger, <laughs> but, uh, but believe it or not, a, a gentleman approached me and, um, he couldn't have been any more different than me. Um, matter of fact, we were exact opposites. I was 39 at this time. Now I got sober when I was 38 and, uh, I was 39 years old and he was, I want to say mid fifties, maybe early fifties, which is my age now. And, uh, so, you know, but I, I often, often say he was a lot older than me. Um, he was a different race than me, which does not matter whatsoever to alcoholism, could mm -hmm. care less. Um, he had military service. I had nothing compared. You know, I hunted a couple times. Um, he, was, uh, he was living at the Salvation Army, and, and I wasn't. You know, he uh, had lost his family due to this illness. I had lost my family but i they were coming back at this point or starting to be back in my life a lot more and i was thinking to myself there's no way you know again my mind said one thing you know this sick mind said this is never going to work and my mouth said another sure absolutely i'll sponsor you and we would meet up in that front room probably three times a week because at this point i don't know you know i don't know what you know me and dale met once a week i don't know maybe we can get this guy sober faster we meet three times a week you know i, I didn't know what i was doing but that's okay i just did what i kind of prayed about and what god worked into my life and so we would meet up there i want to say about three times a week and uh we met for i want to say about seven months going through the steps of aa and to my knowledge he's still sober today and that would be going on his 11th year. That's great. And I think somewhere around year nine, he texted me, you know, and, and he had moved on. And he, I think he went to college and got education and, and ended up living life, you know, maybe for the first time since he had been out done with his military service. I don't know. So I can't be exact on these things. But he has, <laughs> my, my point in a lot of that, though, is, you know, your first five failed or Joe's first five failed and so a lot of them you know you just don't hear from anymore right, right right there in the middle and you meet with them every day and you don't hear from them well my first one caught it you know he stuck and stayed so I'm sitting here thinking well this is easy you know this is gonna be man if it's, <laughs> if it's tomorrow I'm gonna pick up three more <laughs> you know you know uh Talking about that, uh, you know a situation, and you know the gentleman I'm referring to talking about sponsorship, and I have sponsees and that kind of an attitude type thing. You texted me one night when I was out of town. I was in Mississippi. My grandkid was being born, and you said, you needn't, are you looking for any sponsees or willing, something like that? And I said, sure. And I got back, and this person was very much the opposite i would call him a special case probably uh in our deal without getting in his business or too much detail but uh i met with the guy uh took him home as we're driving in the truck he told me some stuff that is definitely nothing that i would agree with or anything of that nature and it was nothing i'd ever dealt with before and i dropped the guy off and he came to meetings for, for a while, uh, came every week. We worked on his stuff. 
But I remember thinking, I'm not cool with this, you know. And I and I, I think I talked to you about this, and I talk, I know I talked to Bobby about it. But I was driving the guy home, and I was thinking, oh man, like I don't want nobody thinking I sponsor this person, you know. Or and when I dropped him off, I was like, man, what is wrong with you? Like, why are you judging? You know what I mean? Like, I felt so bad, and I was just like, who am I to sit here? The dude's trying to get help, and I offered to help him. That's all it boils down to, you know? But I was like, what's wrong with me? What What's going on with me that – and the guy kind of faded out after a little while, but, um, you know, it's one of those things. I mean, we have to check our own motive sometimes, you know, and, and um, I, that, was a, that was a weird situation. Yeah. But um, – and I have not heard from that guy. I don't know what happened, but he just kind of disappeared. Well, you know, do you do you find uh, Jill in in your sponsorship or your sponsoring people? Do you find them that come and go on occasion? Oh, absolutely. I think that's just part of the deal. Yeah, yeah. And again, that goes back to something Lois told Bill back in the day. You mm-hmm. know, you're still sober. Carrying the message, you know, is what we do in order to stay sober. Um, you know, and sponsorship and that direct sponsorship is very important to me. I can only speak for myself, and obviously you guys have, have said it for yourselves, you know. But also what I find in the in the program of AA, which is the fellowship, but there's those indirect sponsors, you know. Mm-hmm. And when I say indirect sponsors, I, there's one now that sits in the corner every day that's been my indirect sponsor for the past, going, going on 12 years. And whenever I... You know, when it's something that I really need to do, step work or something like that, absolutely, I'm going to my main man, right? But when it's something that's just eating at me and I sat down, you know, but whether it's an indirect sponsor or a direct sponsor, I always almost get the same answer. Pray about it. Anybody ever heard that one? No, never. (laughs) Or you already know what the answer is, (laughs) which is... You know, and, and, and if I find myself looking at that from a from a bird's eye view, basically they just said, admit there's a problem, find a higher power, turn your problem over to the higher power. You know, steps one, two, and three. And then somewhere in there I find the other nine steps have to be put in play somewhere. And these, these are the indirect guys, you know, the guys who have, have pulled me up over the over the course of the past you know several years we had a birthday tonight and that's exactly what i was thinking about and i don't know if i ever told you this but that guy whose birthday was tonight was a friend of mine and i used to work with him and he got in some trouble and we all know the deal and and he just got a year and he's done really well and when he he came into his first meeting and and sat through that and we got him a big book and he he read some of that and he didn't come back for a while and he got in a little more trouble and then kind of the the time came for him to come back and he did but he came back and he said well i need i guess i need to get a sponsor and my sponsor and i both know him personally and and you know i knew i'm pretty sure my sponsor was like i'm not sponsoring you because i know you and and all that stuff and he asked me he said who would you pick that's what he asked me and i thought about that and i was really grateful to be in here and have a regular group because I knew people's programs and what they do. Mm-hmm. And I told him that night, the guy he has now or the guy sitting across the table from me. And I said, those are the two people that I would ask if, if it was me. And he said, why? And I said, because if it was up to me and something happened to my sponsor, that's one of the two guys I would ask. And I can't, I can't give him a better compliment than that. So he asked one of those two people, and he's done really well. Yeah. But, it's, but it's a blessing to be around when you have family or you have friends or you just have people wander in from off the street, you know, and you go, Oh man, you know, you can, you can kind of that indirect stuff. I love, I love mm-hmm. that. Just hanging out and, you know, new people are, they're, they're spazzing out for the first 90 days, you know, and the ones that are really trying, they're hanging around a meeting cause they got crap on their mind, you know, and they just want to get it out and you can listen and go, yeah, it's all right. You know, come back and, and uh, just kind of be there to listen. Cause let's, a lot of people listen to my stuff, you know, a lot of people. So. Is there anything that either one of you from that you take away from your sponsor that you use whenever you sponsor people? So much. Yeah. Uh, every one thing you can think of? Um, I mean, the biggest one that 
which is, you know, gosh, it almost makes me tear up, um, is my first sponsor taught me about gratitude. And I did not know what that was, to be honest with you. I was not taught to be grateful for things. I don't mean that in an ugly way. Um, it, I just didn't know, like, I was supposed to be grateful for things. And um, things weren't going my way in early recovery, so I started getting really frustrated. And Marla was like, you know what? You need to do a gratitude list. And I'm like, what? And um, I remember doing that gratitude list, and it was it was rather difficult because I couldn't think of anything I was grateful for. I was like, yeah, my, my, my legs, I sure like them. I can walk with them, <laughs> you know? And, and it's like... Oh, yeah, my eyeballs, I can see with them. That's great. Um, and it was really, like, superficial and almost insincere and, and, like, just lame, to be honest with you. But over time, it developed. And and I always, even today with, like, my clients, I had them go around the room and name something they're grateful for. It's really important. Um, I'm so glad I learned that. To me, it's, it's everything. That changed my sobriety big time is being grateful for the little things because she called them penny miracles yeah absolutely oh gratitudes that's it's everything my whole sobriety has just been um coming up on a birthday and i spend the month before it every year thinking about the year previous and when you really sit and you spend some time thinking about the people and what god's done that you had no way of doing like even this year has been it started off horrible and it's ended the best year like that i've been in a long long time well, and year's only been since <laughs> well last year i mean oh, okay. and the start of this year has been pretty good yeah. it's been pretty i awesome. was on the so same. you're off to a good middle i'm off to a good middle guys <laughs> is what i'm trying to say uh you know but i gratitude to me is everything i, I that's all i when you get the self-pity and the stuff going in your head gratitude will knock that out pretty quick you know so but i don't know how you can be in this program and have any amount of time at all and not know what gratitude is and it'd be a big deal and it being an action word sure absolutely Mm -hmm. you know thanks is a word gratitude is an action word we do something to show our gratitude and you know i'll uh i'll say this i've been sponsoring people for a long time and i've had a lot of sponsees I've had three pass away. Uh, one was from alcohol poisoning. One was from suicide. And one was from um, his stomach. Uh, had He had stomach issues related to alcohol. And all three of those affected me in different ways. But um, And gratitude would probably be something that just pops its, its head out there and says, hey, you know, look at me. You know, look at you. You're alive, man. Absolutely. But if I picked up anything from my very first sponsor that I still use today on a regular basis, it's service. And, you know, and absolutely there's nothing. Gratitude's your thing and your thing and mine would be service. And that's strictly because someone has to make sure that these this, this organization or what we do to stay sober anyway which is not the only one in the world uh, that it stays running and goes on you know I remember my first few years and I would hear people in meetings say we want to make sure AA is around for our children and I remember thinking God I hope your children don't end up here you know? I mean, it's like, you're sitting here planning out there you must have some household stuff going on that we don't know about up here you know but you know I never thought about it until it was my child mm-hmm. that that needed it you know and he don't mind me saying that he's he's cool with all of this so um i think that uh that's going to wrap it up for this episode i do want to do a little lead into the next episode and of course this this particular one we were missing jennifer J again and we will have her hopefully on the next one and um she's back and she's got stuff going on this week because she was out last week and you know how to respect that but we need her on the show we need that perspective from that that sobriety angle and we'll have one at each end of the table instead of just these few um but next week i would also like to talk about life after aa Hmm. one of the biggest questions i ever have for myself whenever i was thinking about getting sober and kicking this idea around for 11 years was what's gonna life gonna look like once i get sober 
What am I going to do for fun? What is going to be there? What is life going to be like? Um, and I, I'm not going to talk about it right now. I want to. Well, it's just itchy. Mm-hmm. You know, man, mm-hmm. i gotta got to just, you know. Who would have thought I would love pizza as much as I do? You know, I, I no longer wear it. <laughs> but um, but that's what we're going to talk about on the next episode. And I do appreciate you guys coming out. I know y'all have got some busy schedules and things y'all have to be doing. And, you know, I can't, you know. I do, I, I do want to leave one question. When you ask how many sponsees, now does that count the guys that are in treatment that I, that I agree to sponsor that know they're going directly to jail when they get out? And the first call they get out is, "Can you put some money on my books? I'm gonna be in here about three years." No, you know that because I have a bunch of those. No, I, I got like a hundred. The guys you worked, you had a hundred. <laughs> How do they get a hold of you? Yeah, they're in parish jails that I've never. I didn't know that parish was in Louisiana. They're like, hey, remember me? I'm like, no, man. My mom said I should call you. You're my sponsor. It's probably all Saint Bernard. Parish. Uh. Celine or something? Yeah. Sabine, I got that one. The other day. Sabine. 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 There you mm-hmm. go. That one. And there's a, there's a lot of parishes out there you don't realize exist. You know, till you get called from the county jail, or you or have to move all jail. over the state. So, again, I appreciate you guys. Look forward to seeing you next week. This is the Grouch and the Brainstorm.